This is out of towner, citizen number 2397. Going solo for now. The brothers are not here with me in the body, but they are here in the spirit. And so are you. They may or may not agree with everything that I say, but you may not either, but that's okay. Jesus will explain all that when he returns. For love never ends, but as for prophecy, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. May the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let's get started. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. I'm back with another episode. Um, more like part two. Part two of Revelation chapter one. I want to do a part two because I said some things that I want to add some more detail to that I, I didn't have notes to. So now I want to go through all the quotes not or maybe not all of them but the ones that are um, I think that are more significant um, I wanted to go through chapter 1 verse 7 where John says this isn't Jesus speaking but this is John and he quotes this is when he quotes um the book of um, Zechariah and part of the book of Daniel. So it goes. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn for him. So it is to be. Amen. Now, this quote is from Zechariah chapter 12 um, specifically verses 7 through 9 um, so it was written in somewhere between 520 to 470 BC and he was under the the Persian and the Medes so that will give you a little background there. So it goes like this. This is chapter 12. The oracle, the word of the Lord concerning Israel, a declaration of the Lord who stretched out the heavens, laid the foundation of the earth, and formed the spirit of man within him. Look, I will make Jerusalem a cup that causes, causes staggering for the people who surround the city. The siege against Jerusalem will involve Judah. On that day, I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the people. All who try to lift it will injure themselves severely when all the nations of the earth gather against her. On that day, this is the Lord's declaration. I will strike every horse with panic and his rider with madness. I will keep a watchful eye on the house of Judah but strike all the horses of the nations with blindness. Then each of the leaders of Judah will think to himself, the residents of Jerusalem are my strength through the Lord of hosts, their God. On that day, I will make the leaders of Judah like a fire pot in a wood pile. 
like a flaming torch among the sheaves. They will consume all the peoples around, around them on the right and the left, while Jerusalem continues to be inhabited on its site in Jerusalem. The Lord will save the tents of Judah first, so that the glory of David's house and the glory of Jerusalem's residents may not be greater than that of Judah. On that day, the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that on that day, the one who is weakest among them will be like David on that day, and the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. On that day, I will set out to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the house of David and the residents of Jerusalem. And they look at me, whom they pierced. They will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child, and weep bitterly for him as one weeps for a firstborn. Okay, so there are some things that I want to point out. Yeah, there was a siege in 70 AD that that fell upon Jerusalem. So, did it get fulfilled? I don't think so. Not not this specific chapter. So, now to to see why I don't believe it was on that day. This is uh, this chapter twelve, verse seven through nine. The Lord will save the tents of Judah first, so that the glory of David's house and the glory of Jerusalem's house, of Jerusalem, sorry, residence may be greater than that of Judah. On that day, the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that on that day, the one who is weakest among them will be like David on that day, and the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them, on that day, I will set out to destroy the nations that come against Jerusalem. Okay, so point one, God did not save Jerusalem in 70 AD. He destroyed it. Point two, he did not defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. He handed them over. He handed them over, specifically those who fled and Sorry, not flat, but they came to Jerusalem to be defended by the wall. So he specifically destroyed them. And point three, he did not destroy Rome, who came against Jerusalem in 70 AD, but he continued to rule, they continued to rule over the kings of the earth and in that chapter he was saying he was going to destroy those who came against Jerusalem so that's a completely different siege it's not it has to be something that hasn't happened yet and also for the one for when it says that he will 
they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child. Let me let me read the the, the verse. Zechariah 12, verse 10. And I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants, on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on him whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son, and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. So who pierced him? Yes, the Roman soldiers pierced him. Who caused it? Yes, the the um, the Pharisees and the and the scribes and and so on and so forth. But who who caused him to call to go and get crucified? It was our sin that caused it. We are the ones that crucified him. He did it for us. That that's just so important to to the gospel. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like, do you really need the the ones who killed him to mourn for him? Not all of the ones that killed him mourned for him, obviously. And also, he also quotes part of Daniel, where he says uh, that he will be coming in the in the clouds. So now let's let's read through this. It's chapter seven of Daniel, verses seven through fourteen. And most of it is going to be the um, about the kings that um, that conquered Jerusalem and Israel, and then we get to the to the little horn. So that's what this is going to be about. All right. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold. A fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the other beasts that were before it. Now, all the other beasts were Babylon, Persia, and Greece. Now, this one we know to be Rome, the one that trampled on Israel and it no back to the scripture and it had ten horns it was considered it was considering the ten horn the I was considering the horns and there was another horn a little one coming up among them before whom three of the first horns were plucked out of, by the by the roots and there in this horn were eyes like of a man, and a mouth speak, speaking pompous, pompous, sorry, words. I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. 
Its throne was a fury flame, its wheels a burning fire. A fury stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousand ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. I watched then because the sound of the, the Pompeo's words, which the horn was speaking, I watched till the beast was slain, its body destroyed and given to the burning flames. As this, the rest of the beast, as for the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away. Yet their lives were prolonged for the season and the time, for a season and a time. I watched in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming in the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and the kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is everlasting, is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Okay, so now when he comes, first he destroyed the little horn. So, for the little horn, everybody agrees this is the Antichrist. The, the reformers will say this is this is the Pope of the Roman Catholic Church. And the futurists will say this is the the coming world leader. Um which they're both basically both correct, but they don't they don't see eye to eye anymore for some reason. Or they never did. Um so This, this text is obviously future, whether you're a reformer or a, or a futurist. And it's not suddenly within those years either. Um, what I mean by it is the three and a half years which they say uh, came next after the book was written, uh, the book of Revelation. After the book of Revelation was written, then the three and a half years come, and they destroy Jerusalem. Because if they if they see this is the Antichrist, and they view the Pope as an Antichrist, that happened hundreds and hundreds of years after. Um, same for the futurists, if it's thousands of years in the future for them. Uh, so... I just don't see how they can put that to be that he, he will come to destroy Jerusalem and that every eye that saw him will will mourn for him. It just, to me, it doesn't make sense. Um, but that's the reason that I hold 
to my view, that it, that it is still a future. At least this this specific uh, verse. As what I believe about what was coming soon was the judgments on on Asia Minor. Because if you go through any study of the book of Revelation, they're either going to point it to, to the great city to be Jerusalem or, or Rome, depending if you're a futurist or, um, or if you hold to a different position. You're either going to say it's Jerusalem or it's Rome, the great city that's going to be destroyed. I believe it's chapter 18 in the book of Revelation. The ones that were coming soon, the judgments, would be the cities mentioned of Asia Minor. That's why he specifically is talking to those, those churches in those cities. Everywhere else, it's, it's the city of God. It's... There's so many other other verses, but it, those are talking about God's city or Babylon. They're not talking about Asia Minor. Um, and that that concludes with my um, my interpretation of the passage for Revelation chapter one. And just want to thank you guys for. Um, we're sticking through the whole episode. Um, God bless you guys. Bye.